Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. So good, I'm excited for what's coming up over these next few weeks, but I want to encourage you, you know, Elevate Conference, uh, being a free conference, uh, is just, uh, it's an opportunity just to come out and, and be a part of what God is doing. And, uh, you know, what I see for Elevate is that Elevate is going to be a time where it's kind of Acts 2, when, when the church gathered together in the upper room and, um, and then the power of God met them in that space. And there's something powerful when we gather together with intention, with ex- expectation, uh, with something in our heart we're full of faith that says, God, we're coming to see you move. And I believe that this is going to be a catalyst moment for our church, a catalyst moment for City Edge as we continue to move forward, not only into this year, and the, but the years to come. And uh, I believe breakthrough is going to come to families, to businesses, to people's lives in the life of our church. So as, as Harry said, mark it in your calendar, get here on those nights, because it is going to be amazing. But we're going to continue in our series called 2020. And, um, and we've been uh, diving into this series, which is all about our vision. And, um, and you saw it on the screen earlier, but on the screen, our vision is to influence people to Jesus, empower generations, and transform cities. And, uh, and over this series, from Vision Sunday, and through these next three Sundays, we're into the uh, third Sunday now, and there's one more to go uh, from our Vision Sunday, but we're breaking down and really diving into uh, these steps of our vision. And, uh, and last week, we talked about influencing people to Jesus. And uh, how many of you know that's the most important step? Yeah. It's the first step because it's the most important step that we help people connect to Jesus Christ. We help people know God, but we also are helping and encouraging and influencing people uh, to be able to reach others for Jesus as well. That's what we're about. And uh, you, don't, you won't be with us too long before you'll realize and understand uh, that we are all about connecting people to Jesus Christ. Like 19 decisions for Jesus Friday night. That is incredible. And, uh, and we, we love people coming to Jesus. But the whole journey of it is really knowing God and going on that journey throughout life of knowing God. And uh, that's one part of our vision. But how many know that vision is important? It's important to your life individually. It's important to your family, your marriage. It's important also to, to a, a business owner. It's important to ministry and it's important to the life of church as well. You know, years ago, actually in 2006, I've traveled to America a bunch of times, but um, back in 06, I was trying to, uh, Pastor Kate and I were, were flying back home and uh, through a connecting flight from Denver. And uh, we're trying to get back because you had to, most flights back then had to connect through LAX airport in Los Angeles, and uh, then you could get back to Australia. And what uh, well, we were kind of running late because, you know, for some reason, another flight was delayed in America. And, uh, and uh, so we were, you know, running late. And I'm thinking, man, I, we're going to miss this flight. This is crazy. It was a Qantas flight. And uh, back then, like LAX now is really easy to navigate. But back then, it was crazy to navigate, trying to get through the airport. And uh, we land this flight. We get out. And it's just like this crazy rush. We've got 40 minutes to get to check-in. Uh, uh, you know, actually, check-in's open already. And... Uh, 
uh, and you've got to run across the other side of LAX from domestic to international. And we're, there's like hardly any signs. Trying to get to this terminal was crazy. And uh, for some reason, Americans are lovely people. They're great in most places. Uh, but when you get to LAX, they just turn on the mean machine. As soon as you get in there into that airport, it's just like, you know, everybody's mean. I'm like, man, I'm so sorry that I have to ask you a question. And uh, but we, we're like, we, we gather there and I found another Australian guy. He looked, he, you know, he looked, looked like a business guy. He was on his way home. And I'm like, hey, are you catching the Qantas flight such and such? He's like, yes. Where do I go? And I'm like, well, we don't know either, but let's go together. Let's try and find this thing. And so we start moving, and we start moving in the direction that we think it is. And um, I ask one of the people along the way, it's like, hey, do you know where terminal such and such? It's that way. And I'm like, I'm so sorry I had to talk to you. Yeah. And, uh, and so we, we just kept moving, and we're kind of starting to run now. Like we got our bags and everything, and we're kind of really running through this airport. And I realize, I look back after a little while, we, we've gathered a crowd. There's more people running with us. There's, there's, there's people gathering into this move. And, uh, and, it's like, and, and I looked and I asked them, hey, where are you from? Are you catching this flight? And there was a whole bunch of Australians trying to get to this Qantas flight. And, uh, and, and honestly, there's kind of one guy, I don't think he was on our flight. He was just with us because we were running and we were going somewhere. And, uh, and he wanted to be on board with where we were going. And, uh, and so we just kept running and we're running all the way through the airport. We finally make it there. I'm like, man, we are gonna miss this check-in. We get there and the flight's delayed there as well. So we're one o'clock in the morning, chilling for a few hours. And, uh, but I just love, I love the fact that, that vision has momentum to it. Vision is powerful, uh, and God has called us to live with the vision that He's given us. How many know Jesus has set the vision? Really, He set the Great Commission. He set the vision for us. Now, as a church, we'll interpret that through the revelation that God has given us, and, and it's interpreted through the way that we're preaching over this series. But I want to let you know that it, it really comes from Christ. It comes from who He is, and we're called to gain the momentum. We're called to get our heart involved in what we're here to do, to reach our world for Christ, to transform our world for the kingdom of God. This is what it's all about. But how many know that God has steps on the process and really us breaking down these these three steps of our vision is really breaking down the whole process of what we are here to do this is why vision is so important and tonight I want to I want to talk about empowering generations the second part of our vision before we dive into that I want to read the scripture that our vision comes from it's out of Luke 4 18 and 19 and this is Jesus preaching one of his first messages and he says this the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and you, I just love the fact that out of this scripture, the steps of our vision are found within this because Jesus actually laid out that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. And we know the Spirit of God rests on us so that He can restore us and help us and comfort us and, and, and just do amazing things in our personal life. But the amazing thing about it is that there's always a reason for the anointing. There's always a reason for the Spirit of God resting on us. I love that it says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. It, because there's always a reason 
It's there. And, and so out of this, we've got influencing people to Jesus, which is about preaching the gospel to the poor. Everyone's poor in some way when it comes to sin and disconnection from God. And we're called to reach people for Jesus so people can know God. The second part of empowering generation generations is broken up into two actual steps. And the first step of this comes from, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives. So the first part of empowering generations is about people finding freedom. Finding freedom. This is the next step from influencing people to Jesus because whenever somebody gets saved, whenever somebody has an encounter with Jesus Christ, what must follow every time is community. What follows encounter is community. Pastor Nick shared about all the Instagram messages that came back from Friday night of all the teenagers that came for the first time because of Real Heart Project. And, and, and Pastor Joe was just telling me this morning, one of the young girls was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have found Jesus because I came to Empire tonight, you know, and I love that. But I love that now what must follow that encounter is community. Community has to follow the encounter with Jesus Christ. And community is where we truly find freedom. Because community is the place where we go on a journey together. Freedom is found in the, as Jesus said, the healing of the brokenhearted and the liberty to the captives. Now, oftentimes we find Jesus there is that we're saved, we're a part of the family of God, we're in the kingdom of God. But a lot of times sanctification happens through the Holy Spirit over a process of time. Sanctification is an ongoing work that God does in us. Even though we're saved, we're set free by the power of Jesus Christ and what He has done for us at the cross, but the internal work that He does inside of us, He does over a process of time. And God will do that with us through our own relationship with God, our vertical relationship with God, God will do that work in our lives. But it doesn't stop there. God loves to do that work in community. Because there's something powerful about doing life together that God is able to draw the best out of us as we do life and do community and serve together. There's something powerful about what God does in us all. And, uh, and I just love the fact that one of the greatest key elements we have, like a practical step that we have here at City Edge Church to help people find freedom, is our life groups. Our life groups are a key element of, of helping people discover and, and walk that journey together. And there's so much that can happen in a life group setting. You know, I love the fact that at Harry brought out earlier uh, that there was a lady who got healed from a collapsed lung and pneumonia why? Because she came and she put in a prayer request for us to pray corporately as a church. But she went to her life group and asked her ladies at her life group to pray for her. They laid hands on her and she was healed instantly. God set her free. She was able to go back to the doctors. No more collapsed lung, no more pneumonia. Why? Because she was able to come into community, come into a life group with another group of ladies in that moment and be able to find freedom, find a healing that God God had for her there. Now, it's not just physical healing, but it's emotional healing. Yeah. It's healing over time. It's, it, it's, it's a supernatural process that God does in us together. 
And you know, when, I, when I'm in a life group with someone else, I know that, that I'm seeing God doing a work in your life, real time and in a real way. And you know what? That other person is seeing that happen in my life as well. How many know that when you're in a life group, you're encouraged by the faith of somebody else's walk? And they're encouraged by yours. You know, there's a, there's a strength there. If somebody struggles uh, and is going through something in their life in a life group, then you've got people there that understand and know and they can stand with you and pray with you and sometimes even help practically as well in your life as you walk through that struggle. But here's the power of this is that you're there for them when they need it. You're around for them and that's the power of doing life in community, of taking that next step. And I love the fact that the Bible even shows this, that in Acts 20.20 is that it showed that the church gathered corporately, it gathered together in the big, in church life, in greater services, and it also went from house to house. So there was a ministry that was larger in the larger gathering where encounter happens because we see people saved in the larger gathering, even though it can happen in small gatherings as well. But I, I've found over the years, I've been saved all my life. And I've found that most people have been saved in services. Most people have been set free and healed in this type of environment because there's just something powerful about the church gathering like this. There's something powerful that, that God inhabits the praises of His people. His people, plural, us getting together, gathering. There's something powerful that makes room, uh, even on, say, Friday night service, for that young girl to say, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. I encountered Jesus because I came. I was there. I was in the moment. And so we, there's something powerful about the larger gathering, but there's also something powerful about finding freedom with God in that deeper sense of community. And see, Jesus did that. He modeled that for us. How many know that Jesus, when he first started out in his ministry, went and picked 12 men, 12 people uh, to come on the journey with him? Now, these guys, they were kind of a motley crew. Like they were, some of them weren't the guys that you would pick first on your sporting team. All right, if they were on the schoolyard, they would be like, yeah, I'll take Freddie, but you know, it's like they, they weren't the, those types of dudes. Now, if it was a footy team, you would have picked some of these guys. There were guys that they, their nickname were the Sons of Thunder. They got picked first. You're on my football team and you're front, playing front row. And, uh, and, and, but, but these guys, when it came to kind of, kind of walking with a rabbi and walking a journey like this, it was kind of, they were fishermen and, and, and you know, they were, they were tax collectors and they were, you know, all sorts of kind of the other side of life, these guys. And God, Jesus, Jesus actually said, hey, come follow me. And I love that he went and picked them because he saw something in them that somebody else didn't. Yeah. He saw the gold in them. He saw the gold in Peter when, when maybe others didn't see that gold in Peter. He was able to refine that. But you know what? He did that because Jesus actually had a life group. He had a life group and he did life with these disciples for three and a half years. And he developed and invested and poured himself into these men. And there were women involved as well around this group. They walked with him as well and invested into these people in a smaller group setting. But it also was powerful in the larger gathering as well, where God could do greater miracles. But I love this, that the story of these disciples, of even after Jesus died and rose from the dead and ascended to be with the Father in heaven, they continued to live by the same model. 
that continue to see at Acts of the Apostles, we see in Acts 20:20, 20, 20, they gathered together and then they did for house to house. What were they doing? Jesus, this is what you showed us so that we're going to continue doing that. And so for, you know, the, the power of this is that we see it in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, I love the fact that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four different interpretations of Jesus, of His life. And we get a holistic, full picture of who Jesus is because of the interpretation from one angle from Matthew, the interpretation from another angle from Mark, and then there's another angle from Luke, and then another angle coming from John. And it's like so many different pictures of the story of Christ is coming because they were seeing different things while they were all watching the same miracle. And they're bringing out something else. And we can read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see a holistic picture of what Christ has done. Now imagine if it was just Matthew's interpretation and that's all we got. Suddenly we're missing three other steps. We're missing three other interpretation or perspectives of Jesus. And it went from Matthew to Acts. Now I think it would still be good and there's enough in there to really find and know God. But man, we can know the different natures of God through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, how this really correlates into life groups is this, is that you and I are called to do life in community and go on a journey together because it's about helping bring the God nature out of each other. Because it's another perspective that we're bringing that's being drawn out of your life. It's encouraging you and it's encouraging me, encouraging the life group to take another step deeper with God. To say, Lord, I I don't, you know, I'm not, Christianity isn't just me and God. That's not Christianity. No, no, Christianity is about us together and Jesus. Now, He is the head of the church out of Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.16 says that Jesus Christ is the head of the church and we are His body knit together under His anointing. He's the King, He's the head. And so we see that we can come together and we're brought in together because of what Christ has done for us. Now, if you can picture the cross of Calvary, you can see the power of what Jesus has done to reconcile our relationship with God. That's why He is King of Kings and He is Lord of Lords because He is the only way that we can have a restored relationship with God. It's only through Jesus Christ. So yes, it is me and God, but it doesn't stop there. It goes to the next step that Jesus has not only reconciled the relationship between us and God, but Jesus reconciles our relationships with each other. And that is a horizontal relationship that is there. And I love this, is that it was out of God's love for us that Jesus, the Son of God, was able to come and sacrifice His life so that we could be reconciled back to God, but we can also be reconciled back to each other again as well. That's why Jesus has to be at the top. He is the head. None of this happens without Him. It doesn't happen without Him. It only happens with Him. That's why we can have different nationalities in the life of our church. That's why we can have different ages and, 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 and we come together as God's people. Why? Because what unites us is that we're all here for Jesus. He is Lord of all. And, and the power of this is that we are on a journey of growth, discipleship, finding freedom, allowing God to do His internal work in our lives, but we're going on that journey together. 
Amen? And so that's the first part of empowering generations is to find freedom. The second part is discovering our God-given purpose. And this is a huge part of what God, you know, God does for us in, in really just showing us that every single person has a purpose. And this is taken from the scripture out of Luke 4.18 that says this, recovery of sight to the blind. Now, there's just something powerful about this. There's, there's twofold, really, because that's the actual miracle of blind people being healed and miracles happening. But it's also the figurative language and the speak of someone who was blind and not knowing what they were called for and not knowing what their purpose is. Suddenly, my eyes are open and I can see. Suddenly, I have revelation. I have a vision and I can see, wow, this is why I was born. This is what I'm here to do. This is my call. This is my destiny. I want to tell you tonight that every single person in this place tonight has a purpose from God. Every one of us. We're all called for a purpose. We all have gifts differing one to another, but we're all called to walk the journey of discovering what those gifts are, discovering what our passions are, but also discovering the purpose that God has led us to. And I want to encourage you, I've said this many times and I said it on Vision Sunday, is that we shouldn't just wait to fit before we function. A lot of times, man, we're waiting around, man, for God to just send an angel to us to, you know, with this written scroll that tells us exactly why we're here. And, uh, and if you ever have that happen, please come and see me because that is absolutely awesome. But, you know, at the end of the day, God doesn't always work like that. Most of the time, God actually reveals our purpose as we serve. As we serve, as we actually just get on board the mission and get on board reaching the world for Jesus and bringing his kingdom to, it, to the earth, we get on board with that mission and suddenly as we go, we can discover our purpose. You know, I love the story of one of our young leaders in the life of the church, Justin Sason. Give it up for Justin right now. Legend. Come on, Justin. And, uh, and, and Justin, you know, I've got permission to share this, but, you know, his story is just a great story. Um, you know, he grew up in the life of the church and, and uh, you know, as a young adult, um, he made the decision to do uh, our Bible college, City Edge Leadership College. And uh, that was back in 2016. And, uh, and even then, you know, Justin had begun to serve in the life of, of young adults and our creative team. He was doing keyboard as he, as he played tonight as well. And, uh, but, but I love that Justin, he took a step to say, hey, you know, God, I want to take another step to see what you're calling me to to see what I'm called to do and how I can grow as a leader and grow in this walk with God. And so, uh, you know, the first year I was training then in our Bible college and, uh, and you know, I remember Justin, um, his, he had to do a, a, a testimony and, uh, and I remember Justin just didn't, he didn't really like public speaking, he didn't like speaking in front of people, uh, but in this particular first one that he did, he got up and, and couldn't finish it off. He kind of froze halfway through. And, uh, and, and so he, he sat down and, and we said, hey, you can finish it another time. That's fine. But you know, I love that Justin never allowed that moment in his life to, to stop him from moving forward to know that he could communicate for God. He could communicate the gospel. He could lead others. He could preach. And, uh, and, and I love that he had another opportunity later on that he was able to bring that out and spoke many, many times 
times uh, in, in the college. But, but he, he grew from strength to strength to strength in his giftedness in his life. And you know, just a couple of years ago, he actually uh, narrated our Easter production here at City Edge. Hundreds and hundreds of people packed into this place. And, uh, and Justin was our narrator for that whole production. He did a phenomenal job. But today, you know, Justin is helping lead Red Frogs with Harry and managing the team. Uh, he is leading one of our, our cafe team and dream team. Uh, still doing creative, leading a young adult's life group. He is a phenomenal leader, phenomenal communicator. And even last Monday, uh, in front of all the Red Froggers that are going to serve in O-Week this week, 50 of them, he got up and he did a leadership thing and communicated and doing so great. But Justin... Justin is a great story, you know, of, of taking the step and saying, I'm not going to wait to fit before I function. I'm not going to let a setback stop me from moving forward. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on moving forward here. And, you know, something that we want to let you know about that we're going to implement this year in the life of City Edge, uh, probably in the second half of this year, is something we call Growth Track. And, uh, and Growth Track is a four-step process uh, that we're going to introduce probably on a Sunday after our, our 10 a.m. service. Uh, it goes through about 40, 45 minutes, but it's a, it's a four-step process that's based on our vision, but it's there to it designed to help people discover their gifts and discover their God-given purpose to understand our vision, uh, also understand that, you know, everyone carries influence on their life and leadership ability on their life. And the fourth step of this growth track process is actually, um, you know, helping everyone take their next step. How can you get involved? How can you join a team? How can you be involved in the life of the church in some way and in the discovery of finding your purpose? And uh, that's something we want to implement uh, this year. And that's going to help people uh, on that journey as well. But I I want to encourage everyone in the life of the church, you know, don't wait to fit before you function. If you're not serving in some way, there is a place for you here at City Edge. Hey, when it comes to life groups, there's a life group just for you. There's a team that you can be involved in. And, uh, and I just love, there is a real servant heart in the life of our church. And, uh, and I want to encourage you, if you haven't taken your first step, really, grab one of those Connect cards, fill it out tonight, put it in our blue spot boxes, and one of our team will get in contact with you to help you with your next step. And I want to I close tonight with this message as the musicians and singers come. To really come back to the heart of, of God's heart, really, that's based around His love for us. I mean, you know, John 3.16, one of the greatest scriptures that we all, most of us, you know, have been a Christian for a while, you know it, is that for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, anything that we do when it comes to vision must come back to the greatest motivator of all, and that is the love of God. God's love is the greatest motivation for our lives. It's the greatest motivator that helps us when it comes to our life and our transformation and journey that we go on with God. It's His love that draws us in. Who can agree with that tonight? It's His love that calls us to do that. And see, but when it comes to God using us and being a contributor and the generosity of what comes through our lives through serving and, and engaging in life group, that's always coming back to the revelation of what God's love has done for us. 
Because it's about loving God and it's about loving others. You know, there's a great scripture in, in Colossians 3.14, and it, we'll just throw it on the screen if we can. So, uh, Shana, thank you. It says, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. What's this saying? This saying, if we want that perfect harmony, if we want that community, that unity, that all in together, then first it's about every single person choosing to say, I'm going to clothe myself in the love of Christ. I'm going to allow the love of Christ to come over my life so that that is impacting my life, but it's also impacting me to be able to love on others as well. And see, the way we get clothed in Christ's love is we always have to come back to where it was given for us at its best, and that was the cross. The cross is where God's love was poured out in its absolute best. It was the Son of God saying, I'm not expecting any other human being to die for the sins of humanity and all creation. I being God, I will do that for you. I will sacrifice myself. It was, it was humanity that rebelled against God, but it was God who said, I will die even in your rebellion. I will die because that is my love for you. That's my love for you. So it's at the cross that we come back and we can get clothed in His love. It's at the cross because suddenly I realize that if I want that perfect harmony, I want that unity, that community, that strength with one to another, then I've got to come back and remember that it was, it was His love that is the reason that I'm saved. I'm saved today. Why? Because of the cross. Because Jesus died and rose from the dead for my sins. I'm saved because of His love. So I can, I can come and be clothed in His love. And therefore now out of that love, I can reach out to my friends who don't know Jesus. I can reach out to my family who don't know Jesus. And I can be an example to them to try and draw them closer so they can have the same experience that I've had of knowing His salvation. I can, I can know that I can forgive someone else. Why? Because I come back to the cross and I am reminded that I've been forgiven of my sins. I've been forgiven of my mess and my brokenness. And, and the, sometimes we can look back and see the story of our lives and say, oh man, God, how you're so wonderful that you could forgive me of all that, of all the things that have gone on in my life, but you still forgive me. And your Bible tells me that you wash it away by your blood as if it's never happened. Man, wow. If you ever struggle to forgive someone in your life, the first thing you've got to do is come back to the cross. Because suddenly I'm starting to be grateful for my own forgiveness. And through that being clothed in His love for forgiveness, it's out of the grace and empowering of the Spirit of God that then I can forgive someone else. I can find a restoration and a reconciliation with someone else in my life. See, I come back to the cross and remember that I've been healed. And therefore, I can be clothed in His love and God can use me to help bring people to that healing as well. Because it's not us who heals, but it's the power of God that moves through us that can heal someone's life. See, I, I know that I can come back to the cross and it's a place that I've been delivered. And therefore, I know, man, I'm getting clothed in, clothed in your love. Suddenly, I become a deliverer as well. I can go about and I can help see other people delivered in their lives. Why? Because I'm getting, I'm getting clothed in His love. See, this isn't, this isn't natural. You don't just conjure this up. You don't, it doesn't come from the inside out. It comes from Him. 
comes from the cross. That's why I've got to get clothed in a nature that's not my own. It's Christ. And therefore, I can do what the sin nature works against. I can push against that by putting on the nature of Christ, putting on His love. Therefore, I can engage in deeper community. I can serve together. I can, I can do this because suddenly I'm not doing this out of duty or out of fear or out of obligation because they're horrible motivators. I am doing this out of the love of Jesus Christ because His love has saved me and set me free, made me whole. I can be a person that can help others find that wholeness, find that life, find that deliverance in Jesus Christ as well. It's His love. That's where it's got to come back to. You know, watching the team here on, on Thursday, even just setting up over 30, 35 people, you know, dethorning roses, giving up their day. I know there was one of our ladies took a day off to be here, a day off work to come in. And why? Because, because of the vision, the vision of 3,000, 3,500 plus. Not only teenagers being impacted by the love of God, but families, teachers, principals impacted by the love of Jesus. See, love motivates us. Love motivates us, compels us to live the vision that God has given us, to go on this journey of influencing people to know Jesus, empowering generations to find freedom and discover their God-given purpose. And the final part that we're preaching next Sunday, myself and Pastor Nick at night, is we're preaching about transforming cities. This is what we're all about. This is why we're here. And I want to encourage us tonight, how do we make sure that we're continuing to be clothed in His love?